welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, the only podcast where we spend 15 minutes before we start recording, where Josh tells us about his deep, dark love of bizarre space erotica, where a man clones <laughs> his own butt, and then that butt has butt sex with his butt. Hey, listen. Sort of like a really weird human centipede. I'm hey, so listen. Confused. First off. The butt has sex with the man. Don't ask. <laughs> Second off, this stuff won awards, okay? So apparently there's this thing called the Hugo Award for science fiction, and apparently they have an erotica category. Uh, it's just oh, super exciting. Oh, good old Chuck Tingle. All kinds of weird. So, everybody, I wanted to start the podcast off and apologize for some audio issues we have been having um, for the last several weeks. I have been dealing with Skeletor. A, sound, a centaur problem, a sound card problem in my microphone jack that I'm still in the process of fixing. Hopefully, Amazon delivers an external sound card during the podcast hours late when I don't need it. Um, and that will fix our problems once and for all. But I'm using a studio, big studio microphone right now. And hopefully it sounds a little bit better. Um, but last episode's audio was unacceptable to me. But I put it out anyways because I didn't want you guys to have a Thanksgiving with nothing from us. Because I know when I have family over for Thanksgiving, I like to do nothing better but hide in the bathroom and listen to podcasts. And we wanted you to be thankful for us. Right. Indeed. Speaking of Thanksgiving, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? Exhausting. <laughs> Full you did of it bees. On like two hours of sleep, right? What's that? You did it on like two hours of sleep, didn't you? Pretty much. I uh, I was. It was my uh, sixth night in a row, uh, plus overtime. Um, so I got out at six in the morning on Thanksgiving, slept probably about five hours and then got up, drove out to my sister and, and brother-in-law's house, had Thanksgiving there, came home, got ready, went back to work uh, and, you know, worked until Friday morning. Um, so yeah, I was just very tired <laughs> the entire time. Do your but, sister and brother-in-law live close? Uh, about 35 minutes away. Ugh. Oh, that's not too bad though. Yeah. It's not, not a terrible drive. How was the but, food? Oh, delicious. Food was outstanding. What about you, Josh? We know you had some edible things for Thanksgiving. Uh, how was the turkey? That uh, it, we actually had ham. Oh, uh, I made a made a nice spiral cut ham. Uh, I did. A, I have a thing for uh, Syracuse salt, Syracuse style salt potatoes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, with with a real nice butter sauce. So I did did that and uh, had some nice bread. Uh, some nice veggies. Yeah, it was it was lovely. It was lovely. Uh, and then after after the fact was the the other tasty treats. <laughs> My wife made uh, her first homemade pie, 
and it turned out really good. And uh, I have been eating nothing but apple pie for like the last half a week. Oh, man. Nice. Not slowing down. And good, like good apple pie. Yeah, it's tough to slow down on. She makes sure the crust. She did. She didn't use the pie filling. Like you ever go to a restaurant and they brag about their their homemade apple pie and you get it and it's just like out of a can. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I guess I got to eat this, but it's not the same. Like she did it. She cut her own apples. She made her own pie crust. Um, It's ridiculous. My grandma was like a world famous award winning pie maker and she left a recipe to my wife and she finally got around to trying it. And she did it like it was nothing. She was just like, yeah, no problem. Like her and my daughter made it. And um, just, it was amazing. So Thanksgiving. Yay. Yay. Ooh. Pie. Food. I like pie. I like to eat pie with my face. So it has been two long weeks before we, we've had any kind of formal episode. Did you guys get anything cool? Show and tell <laughs> <laughs> far too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that laugh is just like oh god what do i even talk about <laughs> what'd you get um so i'm gonna i'm gonna start off with uh with to this the, today uh today i actually i just for the first time i know you guys i think i mike i don't know if you did but mike i know you did uh yeah. so i Today was the first time I've seen anything other than the deluxe Fortnite figures in stores from Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what their their line is called other than Hasbro Fortnite. Uh, Victory Royale, I think. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's something to do with the game. I yeah, uh, but I saw all the stuff in uh, in the store for the first time, including the arcade cabinets. Oh, nice. Uh, and I gotta say. Well, I would prefer them to be like two or three bucks cheaper. Uh, by today's standards, the plastic used because they're eleven ninety nine each. Mm. They each come with a large uh, in scale with six inch figures arcade cabinet. It, it <clears throat> excuse me, it comes with uh, three accessories. Um, one of them, I'd, I'd have to separate all my accessories. They're already all filled with my other Fortnite stuff. So, uh, but they each come with like two weapons and then a smaller thing. One comes with a weird jar of water that I assume has something to do with Ripley, but it's really nicely detailed. Like it actually, the way the, the way it's detailed looks like a little jar of water. Yeah. So bravo. I think those are like health potions or something in the game. Yeah, that's the impression I got. It was like that or bathtub hooch. I <laughs> I suddenly feel really dumb for not even considering that. <laughs> I like I like the thought that it's bathtub hooch, and I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to be when I get it. See, I assumed it was something to do with Ripley. I was like, maybe this is like Ripley in storage. <laughs> but yeah. um, Bebe Ripley. Uh, one comes with like a little grenade and then they come with a couple of really nicely detailed weapons, uh, guns. Uh, and I gotta say for, if you had talked to me a few years ago, 12 bucks for two weapons and a smaller accessory inside an arcade cabinet, 
I would have called you crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a bad deal for what it is. The plastic on the arcade cabinet is incredibly thick. The back panel that pops off flips around, so it's a weapons rack. Uh, and it works really, really well. The weapons that it comes with are nicely painted, nicely sculpted, uh, and they they don't skimp on the paint. Uh, and the arcade cabinets are cool as heck. There is completely unnecessary, but included, sculpted detail on the inside showing the back of the circuit boards. Nice. Uh, so there's like a little sculpted panel on the back of the uh, monitor section, on the back of the uh, button section, and then on the back of the coin cabinet section. And that's that was a nice surprise to open up and see, because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. So all in all, they are a big thumbs up. I also got in my Kingdom Rodimus Prime today. Uh, I'll start out with the negative. So far, I've only found one real negative, which is the fact that I'll no two negatives. One. It boasts the fact that it has all of this room for storage and accessory storage. Mm-hmm. No. No. <laughs> uh, it come, The thing comes with like 10 of the different uh, weapon explosion bursts, a gun, a sword, uh, a couple of, uh, I guess I, they're not blast effects, but they're, uh, they clip onto the exhaust ports. So I guess motion effects. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen those. But they're really weird. Like, they're shown on the box as being a translucent blue, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, they're solid black and hard plastic. <laughs> what? Every picture I've seen, that oh, that that's messed up, Hasbro. They, they are solid black and hard plastic, and they make no sense whatsoever. So he shoots, like, licorice? Uh, well, they only clip onto the exhaust. So I guess it's really greasy, nasty exhaust. I guess you need to tune up. That's that's terrible because they that's that's one of those examples of straight up lying on a package and in in all of your adverts because every review I've seen of him, he's had the clear plastic ones. Um, and there's and there's no reason for these not to be a translucent blue because like all of the blast effects are translucent blue. The little uh, matrix effect is blue. The and hell? then, and then the ones that clip onto ex- his exhaust pipes uh, are just straight glossy black. Nah, for, for the cost, that is unacceptable, Hasbro. <laughs> my other complaint, which is, thankfully, I knew about this in advance. Otherwise, I would have been really upset. Upon removing him from the package, or removing the trailer from the package. Because of the way it's packaged, it doesn't close completely. Because it comes with the plastic already slightly warped. Now, thankfully, it's as easy to fix as putting a couple of rubber bands around it and leaving it for a few hours. Mm. And it'll naturally just, like, bend back into shape. So, that, I guess I can't fault him for because... 
I don't know. I, I in in the grander scheme of things, as far as play testing and tolerance testing and, and quality control and things like that, I guess putting it in the package in a certain way is an easy thing to miss. Yeah. But still. But yeah, but uh, like mine's already bending back into shape and I only opened him like two hours ago at most. Uh, it's already almost able to close completely. So thumbs up on that. Um, the figure itself, holy crap. I understand why this is a commander class. He's, he almost feels third party. Oh, he's, he's really good. Uh, just some of the way, some of the joints are even having handled the other one. Some of these joints are just so unexpected that it's moments of like, I don't think I've seen that on any other commercially available transformer ever. Like, I think it's only been certain things like the way the wheels collapse into the arms. Uh, but part of them clips over the top of the arm. Hmm. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. And I applaud it and he's fun. And the core figure itself is great. I haven't fully messed with the trailer yet. Cause I wanted to bend it back into shape. Uh, but Roddy, Roddy himself. Yes. Just yes. Uh, Mike, I'm not sure what your thoughts on him will be because he is, there are some points I'm, and even I can take away points for this Mm -hmm. because I'm not sure I will remember how to transform him if I leave him for several weeks. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) That's see, I love transformers. I love the modern transformers. Like that's what pulled me in. But as I've said many times before, like, if I can't remember how to transform it, it annoys me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure I will, but I think in this case I can, I won't deduct like full, full points. I'll deduct partial points for it because once you get him into that robot mode, Mm -hmm. he's, he's just a thing of beauty. Yeah. So even like even if you leave him in robot mode, he's he is just a gorgeous, gorgeous Rodimus Prime. So where do you guys keep all your instructions? I, I have a little uh, a little drawer in my <laughs> in my computer room with them all stacked in there. Yep, same. Not in my computer room, but in a drawer. What is the hardest uh, one you transform in your opinion? Um, hmm. I, I can answer that one real easy. And it's a, it's a tight tie between two of them, which are oddly enough, basically the same figure. Masterpiece Megatron version one and Masterpiece Megatron version two. Yeah. I played with those and I couldn't do it. So it has to be they, really hard for you guys. They are stupid. There's the the first version. Uh, some of the tolerances on the plastic, it like the is so thin that if you're not handling it with white gloves, you're gonna break them. Ugh. 
and I, mean, I have all, I don't have the experience you guys have, but all the hardest Transformers to me have been Megatrons. Yeah, and, and Masterpiece version two. Uh, I wasn't willing to pay the full price for, so I have a third party knockoff. Like it's it's a straight up knockoff of the uh, the actual Hasbro Takara one. But but it's uh, I can't remember what the third party was, and I think they're gone now. But it was one of those cases where it was like I'm picking him up off my shelf. He's uh, he was I think 120 as opposed to 250 for the official. Mm-hmm. And for 120, honestly, just in Megatron mode, yep, he's the best Megatron I've ever owned. Don't need him to be the gun, but he transforms perfectly into a gun that looks uncomfortably real. <laughs> see, see, for me, uh, I don't have see I, because I didn't grow up playing with with Transformers the way you did, Josh. Like, I, I guess it's not uh, as intuitive for me with the Transformers. What hooked me was the Siege Transformers. Um, I mean, I liked them as a kid. I had some as a kid, but they were always like something I didn't have a lot of as a kid. And uh, so I didn't get back into these until the Netflix series started. And you were sending me those pictures of the Cybertronian Starscream. And I was like, that's yeah. a like really cool looking figure. I I want to get it. And then Target had that uh, sale where it was like buy one, get one 50% off. And I'm like, you know what? I have a $20 gift card. It's going to be like $10 if I buy Starscream. Plus, I can get the Ravage and Laserbeak 2-pack for 50% off. So I ended up doing that and immediately fell in love with Starscream. Like, because it was the first time I had held a Transformer that felt like an action figure in robot mode. Like, he had plenty of joints. He was perfectly posable. The, the you know, kibble on his back didn't get in the way of playing with the figure. I was like, holy crap, this is what I've been missing out on? And that sent me down a whole rabbit hole of Siege. And I love pretty much all the Siege Transformers. The one, though, that I will say was very hard for me personally to transform was Siege Jetfire. Now, it's not that he's hard to transform. It's just that he's got a lot of those, like, you know, flip this around this way, then turn this panel, then flip it back around the other way and move the panel back in place. Like he has a lot of those like fiddly flip and move transformations where it's simple, but it's hard to remember. Wait, what do I do first? <laughs> you know, yeah, that type of thing. Um, I, I do grant granted, I do find the bigger Transformers much easier to transform, like Scorponok, the Ark. Uh, Omega Supreme, I think, is one of the easiest Transformers I've ever had to transform, like, bar none. Um, but See, the I, other... was, I okay. was about to chime in with the uh, cough tracks. Cough. I was just going to say the other one that, that really, really got under my skin was tracks. <laughs> because, Man, damn it, it's, it's unnecessarily complicated. They, you know... That's one of the... See, we're going on a side Transformers rant already. Uh, right. <laughs> that That is one of the cases where a lot of a lot of the characters in the Siege trilogy line, mm -hmm. um, if they've had a Masterpiece version, borrow heavily from the Masterpiece version in the best ways possible. 
uh, and in some cases, in my personal opinion, improve upon them. Like the the Siege Earth Mode or the uh, Earthrise Starscream. Mm-hmm. That takes all of the best parts of the Masterpiece Starscream and then improves what I personally found to be the fiddly cumbersome bits. Okay. Like, I, I think that's an amazing Starscream. Uh, tracks. Tracks took all of the worst parts of Masterpiece Tracks. <laughs> And then added in more fiddly bits. Uh. <laughs> it's some, it, it is somehow more frustrating than the most frustrating masterpiece figure. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. And I, I don't understand how they did it. It, it feels like the designers were like, Hey guys, we're getting a, getting a lot of re- requests for tracks. Let's do let's do tracks and kingdom, and then somewhere along the line, someone was like, "Man, fuck tracks, <laughs> fuck him! I'm gonna take his transformation and I'm gonna make it worse. I'm gonna make people hate tracks the way I hate him." <laughs> like it's it's a vendetta from someone in the design team that's just like, "Fuck him!" And every time they do a new tracks, like he'll pop his head out of his cubicle and be like, "You guys are doing tracks? I got the transformation." I love tracks. He takes it. He's just like, <laughs> fuck tracks. <laughs> I, I could see that because of how insanely difficult that Earthrise figure is. Because or kingdom, because again, it has no reason to be that difficult. Like you can see when you're transforming it, how it could have been 10 times easier. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the last thing ever touched. Oh, sorry, Josh. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Because, this isn't my Transformer. This is my friend Doug's Transformer, but Dragon Megatron from Beast Wars. Apparently, and there's a new one coming. I hope it's got a lot of that Ben Full twist fidgety actions to it that confuse me to no end, especially when you're looking at the instructions. See, I've never actually handled that one. I've only seen pictures. Um. Like, recently I played with, what was it, um, who's the bad cop car? Barricade. Uh, barricade. Barricade. The instructions for Barricade, there's a lot of, like, pull this out, twist it, bend it, hold it back in, push it back, and Pop it's like, it. so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It, it. It's so not intuitive that it's frustrating. And then it comes out looking so-so. See, I love that one. See, I never, I never got that figure, but I got several cars using that mold. Um, so the latch in the chest that holds the front of the hood of the car down—that's supposed to be his chest. Maybe it's just mine or something. It's very thin, so like just with a little bit of play, it pops out and then lifts up, and then the head sinks into the hood of the car, and it just bugs me. Yeah. Uh, I have a few figures, like a few Transformers like that, where when you pose them, part of the transformation kind of pops open. Josh is breaking with the oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm sending, I've been fiddling with, uh, with Rodimus, and it was one of those moments of like, yeah, I'll just send a few pictures. But uh, Did you get anything that's not Transformers? Yes, yes I did. I got uh, the... This is probably the highlight. I know I've got other things that I'm probably forgetting, but 
I found both the Final Faction APC. Yes. And uh and of course it's it's accompanying um armor set. Yep. Holy crap. I can't believe I can't believe for two dollars you're getting a fully armored vehicle. And once you pop that armor without the armor, it's a moment of like this is a really nice vehicle for a dollar. Yeah. And then you pop the armor on and it's a moment of like this is two dollars. I swear I've seen comparable vehicles from Hasbro for twenty five. I don't doubt it. Uh, it's. I mean, yeah, yeah. Some uh, any complaint I have about it, honestly, is completely out the window for the fact that it's two dollars. You can't complain to, about anything to, because it's at Dollar Tree, and by that simple fact. Everything is a home run, but they really are legitimately. Yeah, no, it's product. it is a great it is a great toy. I, I immediately geared it up with a couple of the uh, three and three, four, fourth inch Fortnite guys. And it looks amazing with them hanging off of the sides. Uh, mine did not. It's supposed to have a set of headlights that clip onto the side. Mine didn't have the headlights in with them. I don't care. Because it gives the figures a, a place to hold on to the sides. <laughs> like, so it, it, it was so ridiculous I, about G.I. Joe that I loved as a kid was all of the places the guys could hang on to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there and, was always like helicopters and jets. There's a foot peg. <laughs> they always wanted to sell the fact that you could get like 15 G.I. Joes on a motorcycle. Yeah. I and, think... Uh, Oh, sorry. Go and ahead. and I, I, I legitimately got like, without even trying, I got four guys on this little APC. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> one of my, my favorites was the, um, oh God, I forget the name of it, but it was like the drop ship from uh, Rise of Cobra. And it had like little handles on the underbelly of the, of the jet. <laughs> and it was like, all I could picture were these Cobra soldiers like, shit, 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 just hanging onto the bottom. <laughs> It always made me laugh. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> uh, and I also found uh, Final Faction Wave 2. I went out uh, to today. I didn't see them, but I saw new Transformers stuff in keychains. So, you know, they have, like, the G.I. Joes that are not posable. Yeah. Yeah. Picture that with the core... Transformers to like Megatron, Bumblebee, Optimus Prime, with a key ring off the top of their head. They, okay. had, those, they had those cool little uh, static posed uh, Transformers last year. I, I got like almost all of them. It was there was like a little yeah. sound wave, a Grimlock. They, they were cool. I liked those. Yeah, they're surprisingly nice. Yeah, they're you know if you you got a dollar to spend, you don't know what to get. Get those. Right. Real quick, Josh, how is the the dog uh, in the final faction? Oh my god, he's great! Because that's the one I'm really excited for <laughs> out of the the wave wave 1.5 or whatever it is. The um, <clears throat> the little dog fits into the big dog perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, the the <laughs> legs on the dog 
can pop off surprisingly easily because of the plastic used, but they don't feel flimsy at all. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of like jet lag accessory because it feels it feels very similar to the experience I had uh, when I first opened the the Karen drone. Ah, yes. The big, the big bulky one with the uh, Karen arms that pop off. Yep. Uh, yes, they are just Karens. Yes, they they are the space Karens. <laughs> and um, so I'm I'm wondering if there's something up with that because it feels purposeful. Gotcha. Uh, and it doesn't feel flimsy at all. Like he feels he feels very bulky and well painted for a dollar. Okay. Yeah. And oh, and oh, then. I think I've seen pictures of the bunt stuff or the dog on their Instagram. I'm going to check that in a minute. But uh, but yeah, to round it out is the the weird spy guy with the double face that does the Voldemort thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know all of them at least come with like something or are huge for a dollar. Mm-hmm. This guy's the winner. He's well painted. He has a very basic but existing action feature. And aside from the core figure itself, he comes with four accessories for a dollar. That's insane. That's he, com- he comes with his hood, which, uh, okay, it's not really an accessory, but it does pop on and off. And he doesn't look terrible without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does obviously have the face flip around feature, which is just you turning the head around. But both faces are pretty decent. Not amazing, but if you put the hood on, then it's instantly just like, okay, that's cool. Right. He comes with a gun that fits in his hand perfectly, which uh, that in itself. Can, can you other companies please take note? this figure is a dollar and includes a gun that fits in his hand perfectly that you don't have to bend it to fit in his hand yeah and and he has a working holster on his leg plus he has two knives that uh plug into his forearms so they can be flipped down assassin knives that's cool for a dollar for a dollar uh you know, I'm just going to say it outright. I'd buy that for a dollar. Because <laughs> uh, I would, and I did, and I have no regrets because it's amazing. You should too, listeners. Okay. That was that was my forever ramble. <laughs> like, what did you get? Oh, boy. Um. All right, well, I'm probably going to forget some stuff here, but... The first thing I will go into is Hasbro finally suckered me in with Classified, with G.I. Joe Classified. Um, now, I had bought... One of us. One <laughs> of us. I was a holdout because I, I was determined that they would eventually go back to the three and three-fourth inch line, like, it, you know, en masse. Um, and it looks like they're trying to bring back O-Ring, which I... As much as I have nostalgic love for, I do not want to pay modern day prices for O-Ring figures. Um, so I was looking at the classified because of how great the Fortnite figures are. And like I said, I bought Snake Eyes when they first came out. Like 
as soon as they they hit, I saw uh, Snake Eyes, Duke, Roadblock, and um, uh, Scarlet all all at once. I saw them one time. I bought Snake Eyes, and then I never saw them again, with the exception of the occasional Roadblock. Um, and then when Cobra Commander came out, I saw him. But at that point, I was like, ah, I'm not buying these. Uh, so I was I was being grumpy. But uh, I decided to get the Cobra Trooper because he was on Amazon for retail price. I'm like, eh, let me get him. I friggin love that figure. Like, he is an awesome figure. And as soon as I, you know, got him out of the package, posed him up, put all of his accessories on. That was a moment of uh, crap. I'm going to have to get more of these, aren't I? Went to Target, uh, ordered the barbecue figure. And because, of course, you know, I didn't want to pay shipping, uh, suckered me into getting another figure. And I got the uh, the roadblock um, Cobra Island roadblock, the one with the basically he looks like heavy duty. <laughs> like he reminds me of heavy duty, but he's got the, the do rag like heavy duty. Um, but not that figure. I really like that roadblock. I my only complaint is that the sunglasses, the the pegs on the side, like the arms aren't long enough to peg into both sides of his head. So, which is really annoying because you can either like sit them gingerly on his nose where they're like straightforward, or you can kind of peg the one leg in while the other leg just kind of hovers on the side of his head. <laughs> you sit and, and sit there, <laughs> sit there gingerly somehow does not seem like something you want to do with a GI Joe figure. <laughs> Right. He's got that giant cannon with him. It's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Um, however, he this I just found funny. I'm like, th- this almost seems like an afterthought. But his one finger is posed in such a way where you can slide the, the leg of the uh, the glasses in there. And it looks like he's he's holding his glasses and pointing like he's yelling at somebody. <laughs> it just looks weird. But oh, that's kind of amazing, though. Right, I was like, oh, that's probably how I'm going to end up posing him, is holding his glasses. The only but, thing that bugs me about that figure is that his shirt's painted on. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? It reminds me of the uh, Power Rangers figures, because it's because it's supposed to be like a skin-tight shirt. It Like, it doesn't hinder the articulation in any way. So he's got a really wide range of motion, which is kind of nice. Um, you know, if you want to pose him in, like, fighting positions, it's really cool. And that feels very classic G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, barbecue, I will say, I have the same problem with him that I had with the 25th anniversary barbecue. He looks gorgeous. Like, it looks great. Everything's cool, except one major flaw. He's very top-heavy. Like, I don't know why they chose to not, like, add some more pouches or something to his his friggin' legs. Like, come on, it's G.I. Joe. They had pouches everywhere. Uh, It was like Rob Liefeld was drawing them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's like his legs feel very tiny and skinny in comparison to his like bulky upper body. And that just, it it looks weird to me when, when posing him like upper body, awesome, lower body, weird. And his articulation is extremely hindered by his, his web gear. Um, But again, nice figure, great accessories. And I ordered, uh, I ordered and surprisingly got the very next day, uh, Pimp Daddy Destro. <laughs> I know he's like money director or whatever Destro, but I'm going to call him Pimp Daddy Destro. And um, excuse me, he's profit director Destro. <laughs> yeah, and 
they they named him that only because they couldn't say pimp daddy on the package. Yeah, I like that it's still like TD Destro. Right. <laughs> um that is a hilarious figure. Now that was the one that almost pulled me in uh to to this when, when I saw him out. I'm like, oh, I really want that, but when he was released again, he didn't show up around here. And uh, first online, he was so expensive that I'm like, I'm not going to spend the money on him. So I was able to avoid buying him for the longest time. But again, he dropped down in price. Plus, I had Bezos books. So I'm like, eh, he's like 10 bucks. Yeah, screw it. I'll, I'll get him. Um, I think that one was supposed to be a Comic-Con exclusive. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's ex- put him into another way because Comic-Con got canceled. Probably. Well, because the original, uh, well, the original Pimp Daddy Destro was the whole India fun school Destro. No. It wasn't? No. You guys want the story of Pimp Daddy Destro? Yeah. So G.I. Joe gets canceled in the mid-90s, and then they started putting them out in cheaper two-packs mm-hmm. that were primarily found in uh, places like Walmart and Toys R Us. Do you remember those, Mike? Yeah. Just re-release figures. Some of them are repainted. I always think of... Uh, armored Cobra Commander in blue instead of silver. And as a weird joke that they thought nobody would discover, there was, it was a repaint of Destro 3. So Destro 1, everybody knows. Destro 2 right. is Iron Grenader Destro. And Destro 3 um, was like the last Destro that came out. And nobody believes me, but I saw one at retail and was just confused because they were hand-painted. And supposedly, like, less than 100 got out there. And I saw one in Rochester, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And at that point, I had stopped buying them. I bought one pack that came with, like, a Night Creeper, and the plastic was really flimsy, and the thumb broke on it immediately. So I was like, you know what? I don't want this. Um, But I remember holding in my hand a Pimp Daddy Destro and just thinking that somebody painted it and returned it because it had that look to it. Um but that was the start of the Pimp Daddy Destros. See, I feel like I feel like that may have been a joke over here based on the fun school ones though. Because in the 80s when when GI Joe was still was still at its its height, uh they were releasing internationally all over the place and like in Brazil and India and other places we had the fun school GI Joes. And they were like Night Creeper, for example, who was like bright green with like a yellow backpack and a bright orange visor. They were all like ridiculous colors. And I'm I'm trying to find it on uh, on Yo Joe. I know I've seen photos of it. All right, so you want to read you the story right now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So let me skip the preamble. For years, I have heard different things about Pimp Daddy Destro. That it was wasn't a Hasbro authorized release. It was a Hasbro release that it was made by an Asian factory workers who were toying with paint schemes after hours. That it was nothing but a custom. That they were made as souvenir gifts for Asian factory managers, kids, birthday parties, etc. Everyone I've asked about Pimp Daddy Destro seems to have a different story. What serious collectors told me is that it has Hasbro. It was a Hasbro authorized release. But, unfortunately, they don't know much about why Hasbro created it. I mean, a leopard print collar, blah, 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 blah. All right, I'm a horrible reader. 
It starts with a gentleman named John Boyce who worked at Hasbro in 1997 on their commemorative sets. This is what I just mentioned. Yeah, John's yeah. a really nice guy. I really appreciate him be- taking the time to talk to me about this. Started at Hasbro in art school after 1995, blah, 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 blah. At the time of John's arrival, Hasbro had consolidated its boys' toys business and dismantled and moved from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, to Cincinnati, Ohio, Ohio, where Kenner was. Meanwhile, there's another smaller product development group in Rhode Island called Hasbro Direct that still worked on some boys' toys products. Hasbro Direct was responsible for company-wide invention of alternative channel distribution of products with new and smaller retailer-specific product lines. They looked at new business opportunities and other groups were unable to handle at the time. Picture this as an elite SWAT team of sorts. They really had top-notch creative market designers helping terrific toys for Hasbro. The instant was, for instance, they were the ones responsible for the Toys R Us 3 and 3 quarter G.I. Joe 15th anniversary commemorative sets. This is where I saw mine. Yeah. As well as many of the 12-inch Star Wars figures produced at the time, among other cool preschool boys and girls toys. John Bryce was one of the director, one of the designers of this release. The samples were made up using existing G.I. Joe body parts and showed off at a 1994 convention. People liked what they saw, and the project was going strong. Then, news from the Orient that many of the molds desired were not available. They were broken, destroyed, melted down, sunk, lost, mislabeled, etc. Yes, all these rumors you heard may have been true. At the time, blah, 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 blah. This is such a long, I should have read this beforehand. As time was almost <laughs> up, the team had quickly to think of what other molds to use. This is why it was ultimately released that Destro was version 3. The mold of Cobra Commander was him in his body armor and Baroness. Alright. Steve thought it was funny and painted the figure as a joke. He thought John would get a good laugh, but never thought he'd approve the wild paint scream. On the contrary, John loved it. He thought it was certainly pushing it, but it was such a cool, unique design on the character. So at this stage, the leopard paint scheme was greenlit for initial production testing. The figure went into production testing in Asia, and some of the production samples were sent back to Hasbro for review. According to John, upon seeing Pimp Daddy Destro, the marketing manager, Vinny Devella, thought Pimp Daddy Destro looked a little too over the top and felt the color screen may hurt sales. So the figure was toned down. The leopard spots were painted over. It changed to black. And Pimp Daddy Destro's color scheme was immediately put to halt. What ended up in production was the version we commonly see with the black painted collar and upper legs. According to John and Vinny, there are only a few hundred of the Pimp Daddy Destros that actually produced and made it in the factory. The vast majority of them didn't make it to packaging stage. John's recollection reinforces the reason why we see more loose Pimp Daddy Destros than carded ones. John estimates that approximately 100 packaged Pimp Daddy Destros were accidentally shipped to the USA. And some actually made it to retail stores. He even recalls seeing a packaged Pimp Daddy Destro on the shelves of his local Toys R Us, validating G.I. Joe collector Captain DC's longtime claim of seeing a few on the shelves and purchasing one of his Toys R Us way back in 1997. So That's crazy. The story here is that some guy was working in a special division of Hasbro to make cheap stuff to sell to, like, Toys R Us. Yep. He made a crazy pimp paint scheme thinking nobody would approve it, and it actually got made <laughs> and got pretty far in the process before it got canceled. And came with the the pink launcher, the yes. the disc launcher. 
Yes. That's crazy. See, I, I again, I, I remembered seeing pictures and I always thought it was fun school because fun school was all the crazy color schemes. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at it right here. That's insane. So well, the more, you know. Yeah. And I mean, G.I. Joe's <laughs> notorious for having really weird paint schemes on some characters like the Cobra Mortal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but see, now that was Brazil. Now, I know that. That was Brazil. There is an all red tripwire that came with like an audiobook. Yep. Um, I remember that. We really don't have the time to go into all the weird repaints of uh, G.I. Joe, but there's a ton out not, there. Not until we do our all G.I. Joe special. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I could I'm probably gonna... just cut every single episode's G.I. Joe rambles out and make one long episode. I'm going to keep pushing for it until we get there. Uh, but 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 anyway, uh, long story short, I ended up getting that that figure. And um, I, I have to agree with Josh uh, when when he when he was first talking about it. It's just a fantastic figure. It's really fun. He's now standing proudly in my living room um, like he's posed on a shelf in the living room. So people Do you remember that Rise of Cobra Destro that it was like Arctic Ear Destro. Yes, and I love that figure. It never made any sense to me. Is why would you have a metal head in the Arctic? <laughs> and it's it has um, freaking like snow detailing on it. Yeah. So you know he's just frozen in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be mumbling now. See, isn't it interesting though the fact that like his glasses work so well? Yeah, but uh, roadblocks don't, and that's what yeah. pissed me off. After after putting his glasses on, I'm like, damn it, roadblock. Why doesn't yours work? But uh, yeah, so so Hasbro pulled me in with those. Um, I also finally got uh, I, I've been I've been hemming and hawing on this for a while. I love the acid rain figures, uh, but I only have uh, a couple of them. I, I bought the initial two pack that came out and with the uh, the like statue slash playset. And um, I bought one of the regular figures and, and overall they're beautiful figures, but they're, they're pricey. They're very pricey. Uh, so I haven't really messed with many of them, but there was this one in particular and I'm trying to find his name. I think it's hero. Um, just all I knew was he was like brain guy, but <laughs> it's this crazy looking swordsman with like a bubble head and he's got like a brain in there like he's he's basically like a weird cyborg guy i've considered this one so many times he is one of the best three and three fourth inch figures i think i've ever purchased uh the paint scheme is absolutely gorgeous the articulation is spot on like every part that you want to be able to move moves um the accessories he has four swords too short too long they're they're great looking swords. They're painted nice. They fit in his hands perfectly. Um, he has like a weird little uh, I don't even know what you call it, but it's like this little green goo plug in his back that reminds me of the zombie vipers. How you could plug the the compound Z into their backs. Um, so he's clearly some kind of weird cyborg, but it's a beautiful figure. And I was I was ordering stuff on Big Bad Toy Store for Christmas gifts. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get this for me. So, yeah, I I really like that figure. And then uh, the last thing that I, I got so far, I have more coming in the mail. 
um, I bought the five pack of Mega Constructs Masters of the Universe uh, single carded figures. So it's uh, Scareglow, Comic Colored Triclops, uh, uh, Retail Release Color Trapjaw, Manny Faces, and Comic Colored Roboto. So Scareglow, same, pretty much the same figure that was already released. Great looking figure, really fun, glows in the dark. Uh, Triclops, again, exactly the same as the one that came with the Battle Ram, but he's just comic colored. Trapjaw, even though I have the comic colored one that came with the little Skeletor head, the regular colored version just pops so much more and it makes the figure ten times cooler. Yeah. But the two clear winners of this set, Manny Faces is amazing because it's literally like a better articulated version of the original release, but still has the Manny faces. <laughs> like he still has got, still has the little dial. You can turn it and he's got the, the robot, the monster and the human face. And they, they sculpted a mega constructs version of his little orange blaster perfectly. Um, and then what's that? Is the action feature stiff? No, no, not at all. It, it works really well. It's it's just it's just enough where it won't slide on its own, but it turns freely very easily. So I nice. Yeah, I'm really impressed. But this Roboto figure, I, I friggin love because, first of all, you can take off. Uh, he only has the one regular hand, but you can take that off and put in one of his other attachments. And he has the claw, the axe and the gun. Um, and his gun, you can kind of peg into his back, so it almost looks like a little jetpack. <laughs> so, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a really fun figure. But yeah, so I, I definitely have more coming. I also bought uh, that Rodimus, and I used my my Bezos bucks to get him. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Just you know, there was a, a, my my issues with him are entirely with the trailer so far. So yeah. Uh, and the and you know the the weird weird black exhaust. Yeah, that's that's irritating. <laughs> so, but uh, what about you, Mike? What'd you get? Not as much as you guys. Um, so I picked up. I've been. I'm not gonna waste my waste your time with Marvel Legends, really. Um, there is a gift set that's exclusive to Amazon. That it's like Wolverine themed. That okay. comes with um, Callisto. It comes with Cyber. It comes with one of the Hellfire Club, a repaint of Omega Red, and a Wolverine without a shirt on. And I wanted it for this guy from the Hellfire Club and Callisto because I love the Ravagers. But you have to buy this whole box set to do it. I paid because of course. Before. What's that? Because of course. Yeah, it's something that Toy Biz used to do, and Hasbro's been a little better about it, but this set's ridiculous. Uh, basically, two figures I don't want, and I'm paying over retail for it. I ordered it, and then the next day there was like a Black Friday weekend sale where it was 40 bucks cheaper. So I have to return it, and I ordered the second one that was cheaper because they wouldn't refund me the difference. Um, so I have that. I finally picked up Origins Ram Man, which I always forget that Ram Man of the Cartoon has spring legs. Yeah. 
Um, to me, he always just has weird puffy pants. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised that this guy has the action feature. Yep. So you can press him down and he, he bounces forward, which is great. And he's a, an awesome toy. Um, like you guys, I got Mosquito and I have zero complaints. My blood feature doesn't really do anything, but original Mosquito's blood feature never really did anything for me either. Oh, see, I love that feature. <laughs> um, and I didn't mention this previously. I picked up the new McFarlane Raw 10 figures of the Dragon and the Dick Hands Rhino. Because mm-hmm. they're 20 bucks and they're huge toys. And yeah. uh, I am not disappointed. So the Rhino is even bigger than Cygor. Um, and they both Damn. come in two colorways. So the Rhino is either silver and red or red and silver. Like, they just flip-flop the colors on the two main colors on the toy. I got the red one. Okay. And he's really cool looking. And then the dragon becomes neither green or blue. Green or blue. Oh, I have to laugh now because Red Rocket. Yeah, he's got <laughs> bright red wiener hands. And um, the dragon He's er, The spikes on them are soft rubber. The dragon has more articulation than you actually expect. He's got a ball-jointed neck in two spots. Um, the dragon, like the wings, while they don't spread out, they're spread out just enough that it looks like it's flying. Okay. Um, it's a great toy. Like, I have no complaints. I, I think it's amazing. Um, my only complaint is that there isn't more. It's just two new ones instead of, like, a wave of four. Like, I haven't even... I have a 999 price point. Yet. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I, I happily would have taken four, but they're probably, you know, it it probably has to do something with like all of the delays on everything. Yeah. He's probably trying to spread it out. I know there's a Hornet coming out, like a bee. Um, I haven't seen pictures yet, but they tease it in the packaging and he's mentioned it before. So I'm hoping in the springtime because McFarlane usually likes to say like, oh, this is coming soon, and then, like, two weeks later, you find out the stores. Um, yes. So I'm sure it's just a matter of time, but... Uh, you know. as, al- as always, I'm just giggling to myself, picturing Todd just being like, and uh, one of the ones we got coming is uh, it's a, a bee, it's a, a bee, it's gonna fly around, it'll probably sting you to death, because uh killer bee. Yeah. <laughs> killer bee. That's just not a funny. Okay. So... Good news, guys. We got some commercials again, and we got more cable access television for U62, the awesome Niagara County-based community access cable channel. And this time, it's Donnie Durango's Assholes of Nature. So. If you guys haven't heard of Donnie Durango, it's uh, he's a nature show host that's obsessed with buttholes. Like he goes out there and just talks about different animals' buttholes and how some animals are assholes. It's just very... Butthole-centric. Know, butthole-centric, winking starfish-centric, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's a little centric, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. We have to take any business we can get, so... Uh, sit back and listen to a commercial for his episode that's coming up on U62, which, remember, you need a TV with rabbit ears to catch these. Uh, you need, like, an old tube-style television. That's the only way you can catch these community access channels. And, uh, like most people, we don't have those anymore, but if you go to, like, a Salvation Army, they have plenty. 
So just go there, bring some popcorn, and watch the show. So uh, sit back, relax. We will be right back. Nature's assholes with dangerous Don Durango. Oi, welcome to the Pacific Northwest, home of Pearl Jam, Bigfoot, and nature's biggest asshole, the woodland beaver. Now let me tell you about this little asshole. He's always knocking trees down. He doesn't pay his taxes. And he doesn't tip his Uber driver. That's why today, oh, I'm sticking my finger up his bum. Now, let me tell you, have you ever seen those cedar chips that you buy at the pet store? You ever wonder where they came from? That's right. From a beaver's asshole. And I'm going to prove it to you right now by sticking my finger up his bum. You got to sneak up all carefully. You got to whisper in its ear. And then when he's least expecting it, you stick his finger in his bum. Ah, that's right. Tune in this week to see what happens on Nature's Assholes, episode 42, The Beaver. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of have a closet obsession with animals' buttholes. Like, I love seeing people's cats and dogs, and I like to turn them around and just look at their buttholes. <laughs> so, this Dying Durango show kind of has me excited. Um, are you guys ready for the news? Absolutely. So Yes. There's a lot of news. A lot of it's very statue-centric, which I'm not going to waste anybody's time with because who has money for statues? Um, but we have some more news from the Naughty or Nice toy line that's exclusive to Big Bad Toy Store with two new releases. First of all, it's the Artist-Proof Santa Claus, which means we're just not painting it. It's just white plastic and it's lazy. But you can pay the same full retail price for it. Huh? Huh? <laughs> There are two versions of Krampus that are more expensive because it's Krampus, I guess. And it's just a new head on the Santa Claus body. And again, I can't justify what they're charging for it. But, you know, I appreciate the thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting zombie Santa. McFarland is releasing a second wave of the Batman 66 figures exclusive to Target with surfs up Batman figures, which are basically swimming shorts on pre-existing figures. So they have Riddler, <laughs> Joker, and Batman with swim trunks on. Actually, the uh, the Riddler is the only one in this wave that uh, is not swim trunks because it's the first release of Riddler. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Uh, but other than that, yeah, everyone else is just a re-release with swim trunks. Thank you for correcting me there, Professor Pickman. Um, they're good figures, and... The pictures don't do them justice. If you look at them in hand, in store, they actually have the likenesses. Um, speaking of in hand and in store, the Princess Bride figures have popped up, and I've looked at them, and they have likeness rights. It's definitely the actors are there, and um, for whatever reason, they just don't photograph well. So I think they're kind of worth your money. They're, they're pretty nice looking. Yeah, I've I've seen those as well, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm surprised at how good they look. Yeah, like... McFarland is slowly but surely creeping up on NECA in terms of sculpting quality. So, um, yeah, the the op the, of course with McFarland, the opposite of NECA is true. Whereas NECA, they photograph really well, but then when you get them in hand, it's a moment of like, no, yeah, like this R.J. McCready, who approved this. Uh, yeah, McCready is somehow even worse than pictures. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, 
Also coming out, Haya Toys, who makes the Aliens and Predator toys that you can find at your local comic book store, GameStop, that we all complain about their quality. Now they have Judge Dredd to go along with that scale. And ah. yeah, they're moving up to a six-inch scale. And again, if they can't pull three and three-quarter off, I don't know if they can do six-inch. So I'm kind of scared. Yeah. Um, you know what I say to that? What? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good Smile Company is making an Adnendoroid figure, which I thought they didn't make these anymore. Basically, if you think of like a Funko Pop, like large head baby body kind of figure for Skeletor. That mm. looks adorable. And these figures are cute. They're essentially babies with, you know, of a character. Um, they need stands to stand properly. Like they need a, a plastic crane to hold their necks because their heads are so giant. All right. But it's cool. It looks cute. Um, Super 7 has announced the fifth wave of the Thundercats Ultimate figures featuring a repaint of, like, evil Lion-O, um, Blue Tiger Guy, Robot Arm Guy, and Vulture Guy. Guess what? I don't know much about Thundercats. They look cool. (laughs) I don't know anybody that collects these, though. And as far as I know, like, they haven't even fully gotten the second wave out, and they're already on, like, wave five for announcements. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. A little weird. Um, McFarlane has shown off the packaged samples of the Gotham Knights figures, which means they'll be here in a month or two. And hilariously, they have no guns. Um, the biggest offender here is Red Hood, yeah. who they gave pew-pew fingers to. <laughs> it it makes me so genuinely frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's like the equivalent of, I don't know what the, it's just, it's like an action figure without a gun. (laughs) (laughs) You're expected to pay full price and it comes with nothing. Yeah. Two sets of hands that don't hold anything. I don't get it. And it's stupid. And like, I hope McFarlane makes like a gun accessory pack for their toys. Because a lot of people are just taking guns from other figures and putting them in the hands of these DC guys and doing the best they can. Yeah. Or 3D printing guns, but like, who has a 3D printer? You know what I mean? Um, you know, I wouldn't be nearly as frustrated if he didn't come with the fucking finger guns. Insulting. <laughs> like that's that really is just like a fuck you. You know, though I have now. This is from the game, right? Yeah. I'm wondering if there's like a winning pose or something with Red Hood where he does the finger guns. I mean, I don't, I, I don't care. But I'm just I'm just curious because I know like a lot of these video game figures have video game centric accessories that are specific to what they do in the game. So I still think it's dumb as hell. But I'm just saying, like, I'm wondering if it wasn't a, hey, we can't put guns, give him finger guns, and more of a, he does that in the game, stick it in. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I know I'm not going to be playing the game. So yeah, it kinda, it's just a pass for me. It's just ridiculous. And this is like the 15th Red Hood figure that they made. Um, because that's all McFarlane is doing now. Instead of Spawn, he's just turning out Batman and more Batman. And then Spawn and then more Batman. <laughs> um, 
Haslabs is having some problems with their Rancor figure in that nobody likes the add-ons, which is Salacious Crumb, the Grimorian Guard, and Luke Skywalker. All figures that have been released before, but now they have special packaging. Um, along with the Rancor, who comes with some skulls. Um, people are hoping that there'd be like a Rancor Keeper, Ula, you know, something we haven't seen before. Maybe a Grimorian Guard, maybe a Luke. Um, right. But Haslab's got a little lazy, and every time they make progress with sales creeping up, people drop out again, and they kind of negate it. So um, unless they have a last-minute surge of people jumping onto the Kickstarter, it's not going to be successful. And the same thing is happening with the G.I. Joe jet that they're trying to do. Like, people just aren't taking the bait for whatever reason. Um, I mean, that's what it's worth. I think Rancor will do it last minute, but I don't think they'll hit all the stretch goals. Yeah. With the Sky Striker, like, if you're if you're a classic Joe collector, I can understand being excited for this because it, it is an in scale you know, F-16, like, that's, that's really cool. Um, but again, I'm not a vintage Joe collector. Like, I have my vintage Joes, but I would rather have modern era stuff. And for the price, it's too steep for me. Um, if it was modern era, I might back it. But for o-ring it's like ah, i get it for those collectors but man it's just not it's not aimed at, my, at me yeah i think if hasbro said hey o-ring's coming back here's they, a whole new wave of characters they kind of did they they were you know the storm shadow and snake eyes that are coming out yeah apparently that line i forget what they're calling it but that's supposed to replace the walmart uh three and three fourth inch line that they have right now that Vincent or Dr. Mew? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I, I was going to say, we, yeah, I definitely heard a cat. Oh, well, then you guys heard it better than me. I don't know. Josh, is there a giant man-sized shit on the floor right now? There is not. <laughs> and this has been Shit Watch with Young Creepy Head. Um, hey, let's be fair here. My cats don't shit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I've got good boys. I shit on the floor, not the cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving I poop, along. I poop on the floor and tell them to clean it up. Listen, that's right. my big shit on the floor. <laughs> NECA has showed off pictures of Thalog, the evil doppelganger of Goliath, which is essentially a repaint of the Goliath with the new head. Right. Um, I guess if you're all in on the Gargoyles toy line, this is the second figure, you know. Joy. Uh, Super 7 has announced the Party Wagon. They are the first people to get to the new and improved Turtle Van. I don't know why it's a Party Wagon. To me, it's always a Turtle Van. Um, but this comes with a very hefty price point of $500. Uh, too much for me. Not doing Same. it. I like the Turtle Wagon, Party Van, whatever you want to call it. But um, I, can't, I can't justify that price for a vehicle. They really spiffed it up. It's got a lot of details. It looks cool, but this is for like diehard turtle people, not for me. Right. I, I could maybe see $500 for the turtle air or $500 for the Technodrome. Not oh, Technodrome would be six. Yeah. I, I yeah. could 
but there's no figures, which for something Super 7 doesn't really do. Um, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, but this isn't a, like, if we don't sell a certain number, we're not going to be able to do it. Like, it's just a pre-order. If you want it, get it. If you don't, don't. Uh, Mythic Legions has shown off the Proxis Wave, which is a continuation of their fantasy characters. There's all kinds of cool, like a zombie horse, a big ogre. There's a proper wizard, finally. Like, these are more proper D&D kind of characters. Uh, again, the... Something I would I'm say a, Mythic Legions is if you got to be in, you're all in, and it's very expensive. I'm a zombie horse. That's right. Maybe we just got the title for our episode. <laughs> I always write down one thing, and then something just kind of comes up organically. But I have, I'd buy that for a dollar, but I think I'm a zombie horse. This is Gilbert Gottfried. I'm a zombie horse, and you're listening to Cal Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. <laughs> Thanks, Gilbert. <laughs> <sighs> Hasbro has announced some new anti-theft features to stop people from stealing their toys. I think this is more in line with like people taking LeBron James's head. Like these are for figures that are exposed in the packaging. But yeah. essentially, it's a cardboard 2x4 that goes through a peg in the back of the figure. You're going to pull the peg out, or pull the cardboard out, and push the peg back in. Okay. And essentially, like, this cardboard is going to stop you from ripping and taking the whole figure out in the exposed packaging. I hope to God they don't do this for, like, Transformers and Marvel Legends of Fortnite, because it's going to have a giant, ugly plug and hole in the back of these figures. It's just not going to look good. Apparently, they, they that's the plan. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking at the, the plan. It looks like they have a Snake Eyes figure that they're showing it for. A 12-inch Snake Eyes or a classified Snake Eyes? Uh, it doesn't show. It, it's just a drawing. All right. But even for 12-inch guys. And even still, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, how is, how? How is that going to stop people? Because they right. also claim it's going to, to stop the uh, figure swapping. Which makes zero sense to me, because if you get home and you pull the figure out and there's an issue or a defect, like, you're going to have people bringing it back anyway. Yeah. Uh, already removed from the packaging. So the how is isn't figure swapping? It's a Walmart doesn't give a shit. Yeah, right. exactly. Like. I, I feel like. I kind of applaud them on that they want to do something, but this is also doesn't make any sense what they're doing. Yeah. And if they really want to curb figure swapping, stop repainting figures and then selling them as new. Collectors hate that shit where you force them to buy something that they don't need and they already have to get a new part for a build a figure. It's kind of a shitty thing to do. And that's your main culprit for figure swapping yeah um and now a huge prerequisite mandatory dump of masters universe toy news which masters universe is going strong thank eternos but we get lying fist team and terror claw skeletor both coming out there are package pictures out for you to look at clawful anti-attorney he-man 
the Horror Trooper, and Green Trapjaw. And on top of that, if you look hard enough, you can see pictures of the animated series Beastman, which I will refer to from now on. Revelations is the Kevin Smith series. Animated series is the uh, CGI cartoon series. There's a Beastman coming out for that, which pretty much gives you every single character from that show, with the exception of King Randor. And um, Tuvar and Badra. But I think by the time they get to all those guys and releases, a second season will be out. And there will be more opportunities to buy toys. Man, I hope so. Revelations, on the other hand, we will be talking about in a minute. So Give me more Revelations. Mike, did you watch it? Oh, yes. Okay. So there's one thing that Don Durango loves more than He-Man Revelations. Do you guys know what that is? Buttholes. Buttholes! Right. <laughs> Buttholes. His favorite thing in the whole world, and it's his goal to scour the planet and find the best buttholes around. Him to Man, I know that feeling. We <laughs> all love a good butthole, and Don Durango is our avatar. So sit back, relax, and hear a commercial for his amazing nature show, Don Durango's Assholes of Nature's. Donnie Durango's Assholes of Nature? I I made that plural for no reason. Anyways, we'll be right back. And uh, if you guys need to go to the bathroom, now's the time. Nature's Assholes with Dangerous Don Durango. Oi, hello. Welcome to Antarctica, where there's only one animal. And he's a giant asshole. That's right. The fucking penguin. All he does is waddle around with his short little penguin legs. And say dirty things to you in penguin language. I'm pretty sure this one over here just told me to eat shit and die. Well, guess what, motherfucker? I'm gonna stick my finger in your bum. So, now with the penguin, you're often wondering, where exactly is his asshole? Well, I'll tell ya. It's underneath, on the bottom, between his two tootsie toes. So all you gotta do is you pick up the penguin, you put him in a headlock, and you stick your fingers in his bum. Ah, that's right. Take that, you son of a bitch. Now, the thing you'll notice about penguin shit is that it's white. Why is it white? I have no fucking idea. But I can tell you this. It's hard as hell to get your finger in a penguin's butthole. It's tighter than pulling a pin out of a nun's asshole with a tractor. That made a lot of sense. Hey! Thanks for watching. Nature's assholes with me, Dangerous Don Durango. Oh, look at everybody think of He-Man Revelations, which came out right before Thanksgiving. The second half, people call it the second season. I'm going to call it the first season because they broke the first season in two parts. Yep. Uh, This is the next five episodes of the Kevin Smith version of (laughs) He-Man. What did you guys think? I <sighs> friggin' loved it. I oh, I, I loved the first one, so <laughs> you know. I'm sorry, Josh. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I want more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I will say this immediately. If this had come out in like as one solid season, like it should have, half of the complaining would have been like stopped right away. Yep. 
because I mean, they're always going to have a vocal minority of people who want to complain just to complain, no matter what it is, because eh, it's, it's not exactly what I wanted. And the filmmakers and cartoon makers should cater to my wants. You were always going to have that group and, and F those people. But if this had have come out as one complete season, all of the complaining about not enough He-Man, all of the complaining about what's going to happen with Tila, all of that would have been curbed because it flows as one complete story. They cut it off in the middle and everyone lost their freaking mind. <laughs> I absolutely loved this. It, oh, it, it was everything I wanted it to be. And I have, I, I have no complaints. I realistically have no complaints. Yeah. Josh, what are your thoughts? I, I have to agree with everything there. Uh, zero complaints. Uh, I love, I love that it kept its high stakes. Um, it went places I, I genuinely didn't expect it to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I got, I got nothing negative to say. Like I'm, I'm racking my brain here, but like they, they worked in, they worked in enough Easter eggs that, I don't see how any longtime He-Man fan could walk away from all ten episodes back like together as a full storyline uh, and walk away unhappy. I don't see how how that's truly possible. Agreed. So I liked it a lot. I still stand by the animated series being better. Uh. Simply because the Kevin Smith one, you can't go into it unless you know He-Man already. Mm. Like, it just assumes that you know what's going on, and it skips a lot of storytelling, which sort of hurts the narrative. Um, also, it treats itself like a toy commercial, which is the purpose, but some characters don't get any respect. Like, they're just there's a lot of glorified cameos. Or characters you might know and love, like Fisto, Clamp Champ. Um, I also kind of want to complain that the stakes were too high. And they kill a ton of characters that it doesn't have any weight after a certain point. Or it also gets confusing as to, like, are they dead? Are they not dead? Does it matter? No, not really. Um, I also kind of got a little sick and tired of moments in the show where it was just some sort of grand i mean this is the title of the show revelation by like tia tila that friendship matters rules don't matter and like it's about the people you care about and it's like i don't stop stop Can you just get back to like the robot horse please <laughs> like it's a personal preference that I, I hate like some sort of mystical character moment where somebody's like you know what matters family like these Vin Diesel moments where it's like you're punctuating something like that, but it has no weight. Um, but it did a good job of balancing like, okay, I'm bored. And then something pops up and I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing. And there's a lot of back and forth between that. And it was just, it felt a little unbalanced. I think the problem was that Kevin Smith doesn't know He-Man well enough to kind of juggle all the elements See, uh, I have to, I do have to jump in and, and disagree a little bit here on, on one certain aspect, because 
I feel like Tila having that realization of them being where she draws her strength from mm-hmm. is very fitting within the story arc of her within these 10 episodes, because there is a lot of time with her spent feeling betrayed and abandoned by her friends and family and all of the people that were closest to her. Right. So for them, for then for her to then get to that point and have that revelation of, no, this is where I draw my strength from. Uh, I felt like, I felt like it was a very strong story moment. Same. It is. If you watch the original He-Man. Within the context of the show, you never actually see her care for these people other than like that 10 minute opening in the first episode. Right. But at the same time, I feel like this was marketed in a way where it was like, hey, this is for you. Like, okay, for example, we're we're in a we're in a, a heyday right now of uh, revisiting old properties. Like, look at the new Dexter that's out. They're, they're making the assumption that you understand the the series that came before this. Because if you just kind of go in blind, you're going to be like, wait, what's the, who's this dude? What, who's that guy? Like, it's it's meant for, hey, this is a continuation or a sequel to something that's already come before. Um, and I, and I while I understand that that whole concept of you as a new viewer it's going to be confusing this is something i was complaining about when we were talking about uh, the resident evil films how i absolutely hated how they handled part two because they didn't explain to the viewer shit that they were bringing in from the video game they were just expecting you to know i get that complaint but at the same time i look at like superhero movies for example how many times can we have the batman origin told to us in the first movie before it gets annoying you know what I'm saying? Like at one point you just have to assume your audience that's coming here knows the property and tell me a good story within that property. Cause Spider-Man homecoming kind of did that where they were like, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> like they glossed over the origin of Spider-Man real quick and just ran with it. So with this being a sequel series, I kind of feel like they were, they were basically saying, Hey, we hope you know this because we ain't going to spend the time telling you about it. Yeah. Um, my only other two complaints, they're minor. This isn't a He-Man show, which if you don't realize that by episode five, <laughs> you know, um, it's about all the other characters, which is fine. Right. Um, you know, He-Man, you know what he does. And it would probably get boring really quickly. Um, but it seems like they don't know what to do with him to keep him in the show and keep him interesting at times. Uh, so they spend two episodes of him hulked out, which then turns into a, I, and I like, and I love you dad story arc, mm-hmm. which again, I don't need him a he man, but it's fine. Um, and my only other complaint is that the new character of Andra, you spend the whole series learning about her, who she is. I was hoping she was going to get a cool nickname. Because the other character that they introduced, Motherboard, has a cool nickname of Motherboard. So I thought, like, somebody at some point was going to be like, you know who you are? You're Roller Girl or whatever. So I can always refer to her by a He-Man name, but she just becomes the new Man-at-Arms. See, that like, that I'll give you only because He-Man is known for their ridiculous names. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'll, I'll give you that part one. of the universe unless you have a ridiculous name. She never gets it. But they're also pulling from Lieutenant Andra, who was an established character. Well, aside nothing name character, but an right. established name, <laughs> yeah. an, an established name that they worked towards. 
Yes. You're, you're telling me that Kevin Smith couldn't find a cool pun name for Andra? Laser Lady? Well, something? Well, I in this case, I'm sure that wasn't up to him. Yeah, I know. I'm sure I'm sure that was someone at Mattel essentially being like, no, it's Lieutenant Andra. Yeah, I mean, he was just directing this. He wasn't writing it. So, um, but well, he he did co-write, but oh, did he? I thought he was just directing. Uh, he he co-wrote along with um, the person that brought him in from uh, from Mattel. Oh, no shit. OK. So I'm sure, like, the Mattel person was the one bringing in the names, bringing in the characters, essentially being like, okay, here's who we're using. Gotcha. But, But, uh... You know, we should take a moment. This, the... Two things in this, these last five episodes that stood out to me as the, like, Snake Mountain microphone moment Mm -hmm. are... Goatman and Pig Boy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, getting a moment to shine as two super obscure He-Man characters getting some love finally as like a comedic duo for yes. like two seconds, which just cracked me up. Um, and something else that I, I kind of, we all loved, which was the cliffhanger at the end. Where oh, God. Yes. We find out that the Screech statue on Snake Mountain that the technology cult led by Triclops and you have Whiplash and Trapjaw in it too, is actually a giant transformer woman named Motherboard. And guess who she works for? Or X. <laughs> Which yep. we love the horde. And the best. okay. So me and Josh were texting back and forth after this. So we'll, we'll ask you, Mike, where do you think that is headed when, when, when Skeletor was infected with the whole technology thing, are we going laser light Skeletor or are we going, you know, new adventure Skeletor? Yeah, we're going techno virus Skeletor and I bet you it's going to be a new toy. I mean, yeah, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, so, if they do more of this show, I I'm thinking that they would roll into new adventures. No, I think they're just going to do their own thing. And drawing from design elements that pre-exist. So I would say that in January they're going to announce season three and four, two or whatever. Kevin Smith. Then it'll come out over the summer or it'll come out at some point. It'll be 10 episodes. They'll kill a ton of characters. I'll get mad. It won't focus on He-Man again. Um, get the Horde. I Maybe we'll get She-Ra. Maybe not. It all probably depends on Mattel if they want to keep it separate from He-Man. Yeah. But really, once you introduce Hordak, it's hard not to. Um, and we'll be mad that the Snake Pen aren't there, but I bet you they'll be the tease for the next part. Well, they, I, I mean, they, King Hiss was pretty heavily implied in this part. Yeah. Um, but I would like like one new faction introduced per story arc um wait and see i guess i'm gonna watch i'm you know i can complain all i want but i'll be there when it comes out you know a little kid again so this is gonna lead me into a discussion i wanted to have with you guys 
do you think we are revisiting our childhood properties too much and not making new properties for us nerds to enjoy? So we're all in our late 30s, early 40s, and we're still enjoying the things that came out when we were kids. Transformers, G.I. Joe, E-Man, Thundercats. They haven't gone away. They just keep putting a new coat of paint on it, putting it back out there, and we keep buying it over and over and over again. Um, I kind of feel like sometimes like Uncle Joey in uh, Full House, where he's obsessed with Rocky and Bullwinkle and Looney Tunes. Shit, when I was a kid, where I was like, God damn it, let it go. It's so pathetic. But really, he was what I am now. <laughs> and... But at the time, they were already like, there was another Looney Tunes they put a new coat of paint on. There was like Flintstone Kids. Uh, I mean, they're still putting Looney Tunes out there. How long can they keep it going where it's just too much? Like, kids aren't consuming this. Adults are. Right. Well, kids aren't consuming most, most like, toy properties anymore anyway. The only thing I would give an exception to is Transformers. Right. Which... Is a property like Legos that I think the gimmick is so strong that it'll constantly be bringing in new people. It's a car that turns into a robot. You can't beat that. But I don't think new kids are watching He-Man and getting excited. You know, unless their parents are showing it to them. And it's not, again, I would say Star Wars is so geared to kids that it's a strong evergreen kind of property that's always bringing people in with their simple storytelling and laser swords and Darth Vader. But you still have G.I. Joe. Masters of the Universe, you know, properties like that. Do you think enough is enough? No, I, I think this is just this is just a cycle that we see perpetually throughout pop culture because no, like we can go back further before we were even alive. I mean, G.I. Joe has existed, what, since the 60s? It was the 50s or 60s. I can't remember where, where, when the 12 inch shows came out, but I mean, definitely so, not the way we know it, though. Right, but but no. what I'm saying is there have been iterations on that since G.I. Joe has come out. Like, we grew up with Real American Hero, but keep in mind, during Real American Hero, they also did 12-inch shows. Then they went to, what is it, uh, the Sergeant Savage one. They went to G.I. Joe Extreme. You know, then they, they changed it, but, like, they kind of went back to the uh, to the Real American Hero well with Valor versus Venom, but tried to do a bunch of new stuff with it. And then, you know, brought it back with, hey, let's celebrate Real American Hero with the 25th anniversary. And they just updated the the, the bodies and tried to go in a new direction with Pursuit of Cobra, what was a more modern take on military fantasy. Um, I feel like we're always going to have those types of iterations because it's all basically with with that line in particular, it's all iterating on the plastic soldier. Um, again, like there's there's just evergreen properties that are. It, no matter what, they're always going to be popular. Universal monsters, where we always have some kind of universal monster thing out there, you know, whether it be film, comic, toy, you know, model kit. There's always something that exists. I, I don't think that we're ever going to truly go away from that as long as there's an audience to buy it, and we just keep building on the same pop culture building blocks, like. Right now, we are in a resurgence of 80s properties. But look at the 90s. Like, the 90s, it was like, all right, get rid of all the 80s stuff, and, and everything is extreme. <laughs> you know, and it was all like, 
very comic book. Like everything was being derived from comic hey, books. Leave G.I. Joe Extreme out of this. <laughs> but I mean, like, look at look at like toy brands in in the 90s. Yeah, a lot of it was colonized. Well, right. But even prior to McFarlane, it was like wipe the slate clean of G.I. Joe, wipe the slate clean of Star Wars, wipe the slate clean of Transformers, like Transformers turned into Beast Wars. So it was like, yeah, all the car robot thing, like, forget about that. And they're all animals now. G.I. Joe went G.I. Joe extreme. But everything was based on comic book looks. It was like, hey, these big muscle bound, like giant pecs, giant tits, giant capes, giant guns era is popular. So we had a bunch of superhero action figures. We had a bunch of wrestling action figures that looked like superheroes. Then even when they finally decided to bring back Star Wars, they're like, make them giant beefcakes. Like, that's what's on the racks right now. And then they had to take it one step further, and they were like, make the beefcake sweat. (laughs) Exactly. But you're telling me that Mark Hamill doesn't actually look like that? (laughs) Well... Back in 1995, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot of push-ups. When, uh, when he was recording them lines for the Joker, he was just working out constantly in the sound booth. Um, <laughs> see, my question is, when are they going to bring back or remake good shows like BJ and the Bear? I mean, there's a concept I can't get enough of. A man and his monkey. Uh, you know, Thanks, Brody. We, got, we got new Knight Rider. We got new MacGyver. Yeah, uh, Batman has left untouched. I had to, I had to jam in that extra Kevin Smith, Smith, <laughs> Kevin Smith reference there. <laughs> exactly, but no, I, I think overall, I, I don't think that it's like too much is too much because you know what I think is too much is when we just keep getting the exact same thing. What bothers me, and I've said this on the Boogeyman's Closet, and I've said this on this show multiple times, I love remakes, and the reason I love remakes is because you're you're hitting me with nostalgia, something I already like. But you're giving me a reimagining of it, something that is new. And that's what I want. I want new with my nostalgia. I don't want the same fucking thing I had as a kid. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say that's one of the reasons that I love what they did with the Resident Evil movie as much as I did. I won't, you know, go into oh. too, too much detail right now. Uh, yeah, what well, we were going to need to talk about this movie at some point, because by God. But but keeping it in the in the vaguest, vaguest uh, way possible. I mean, I as a Resident Evil fan who has played through all of the games yep. multiple times, uh, I really I know and appreciate that at its core. The plot of the first three games is kind of the same thing over and over again with a lot of the same story points. So I'm really glad they went a direction with this one where then there's no way the next movie is going to be Resident Evil 2 with a remix of these exact same plot points. You know, they've they've done it in a way where we're not necessarily going to get Resident Evil 2 or 3 Partially because, you know, the Resident Evil 2 story is included here. Right. Uh, but there's there's no way to do the repeated same story beats the way the games do. Uh, plus, it gave, you know, a different take on it and gave me points where I genuinely wasn't expecting things from stories that I know incredibly well. Same. 
but I, you know, that's that's what I like about bringing other things back and hitting hitting important nostalgic moments while giving me a lot of freshness. Right. But you know, Josh, I think you just brought up a good point though. There there are a lot of things that have been added to fandom in our lifetimes that technically aren't things from our childhood. Like Resident Evil, that was I was 16 when that game came out. Like by the time it like really took over in pop culture, I was 18 years old. Yeah. So like, and that has been, uh, again, another evergreen property where it's like, there is always something Resident Evil out there. It may not be a game, might be a movie this time, or it might not be a movie. Now it's a comic book. Like there's always something Resident Evil out there. Um, and we've seen that again and again. It's very rare that a property that hits hard doesn't come back. Like we've, we've expressed our interest in Mighty Max coming back because that was an awesome prop property, but it was a flash in the pan. Same thing with like something like Exo Squad, another fantastic cartoon and toy line and comic that just never came back. Um, and I do think we will see those eventually. Yeah. I mean, Power Rangers is another one. Power Rangers came out. I was far too old for it when it came out. Like, yeah, I, I, I thought that the monsters were cool and the giant robots were cool, but I didn't pay attention to the show at all. And that's just never gone away. <laughs> you know, like it's been around since what, 92, 93? Yep. Yep. And even so, longer in Japan. Right. But it's Law like, and Order. Law and Order will never go away. Right. <laughs> CSI. Like Chung Chung. Dick, after <laughs> after Dick Wolf eventually passes away, like little little Cheetah Wolf is gonna pick up Chick, pick up the the pieces where his dad left off and just keep going right like no matter what there is always going to be a law and order forever so forever you guys kind of made a point that i want to expand upon a little bit before we move on you don't want the same things over and over again right right but we keep getting he-man and skeletor repackaged to us and they're essentially the same thing and more to the point, how many times do you need to buy Optimus Prime as a truck, Starscream as a jet? Like, at least Megatron changes his look. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I think, and, here, and here's how I've handled, since I've been into Transformers, I pretty much only get the, the same character if it's different. Um, like I have Starscream in Cybertronian mode. I don't have Earthrise Starscream. Now, I probably would have got him because he was the the jet and it was more more modeled after what you know came out when we were kids. But I didn't fifty dollar want him, and I never saw him outside of Amazon. So <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, heads no. up, heads up. He's been hitting uh, places like uh, Ollie's and uh, the the discount chains. See, now, if I find him at Ollie's, I will absolutely get him. <laughs> um, Cybertronian Starscream? Or, no, or no I want Earthrise. Yeah. I have a bunch of the classic Starscreams and the repaints of all the Seekers from, like, 10 years ago. See, I don't have any of those. Like, for me, the only double characters I have, like, <clears throat> I have uh, both Siege and Earthrise Optimus. 
Now, I purposely didn't buy Siege Optimus because I was going to get Earthrise Optimus because I had already seen the reveal of him. And I'm like, I don't own an Optimus. I want that one. Well, I, I shouldn't say I don't own an Optimus. I have the, what was it, the, the first master, Masterpiece one that they released at retail back oh, in like yeah. yep. 2004 or whatever. I have him. Uh, but I got, so I was going to get Earthrise, but my mom happened to see uh, Siege Optimus right before Christmas and was like, you know, oh, Mike loves the Transformers. I'll get him this. And she got me him and Megatron. So I was like, sweet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like Megatron, the only reason I have more than one, I have the, uh, the Cybertronian or the Siege one. So it's the tank, the Cybertronian tank. And um, then I got the one that I got from Ollie's that was the weird repaint one just because it was cheap. And, um, you know, I was like, eh, it's, it's cheap Transformer. It's it's a weird. I'll use it as like a Megatron drone. And then I have the uh, the Earthrise little one or not kingdom. The one. Um, what are they called? The, the, the $10 ones. The core class. That's the one Thank I you. have. Yeah, I have the core class one. <clears throat> and that was just because I thought three and three fourth inch Transformers are fun. <laughs> it is. It's a fun little toy. But yeah, the the only other one that I have multiples of the same character is Soundwave, because he was my favorite Transformer forever. Um, I have the one that came out with Siege, uh, because I got him for free, and um, he's awesome. And then when they re-released that same mold that transforms into a tape deck like the original, I bought it. You know, I actually paid full price for it. And then I got the core class Kingdom one. Just because, again, three and three fourth inch. Ah, Jesus, you guys are. Because. Wait, what was that, Mike? You kind of. Make an exception for Soundwave because he's a tape deck. And the tapes turn on. He shoots little Transformers out of his chest. Right. Ah, Jesus, you guys are going to make me admit to the fact that I have, like, multiple versions of all of the characters. (laughs) (laughs) And I have no. And I have no. Episode, Josh. And I have no reason to. Well, now, no, no reason to. To be fair, I have multiple versions of a lot of Joes. Like, I don't even want to count the amount of snake eyes that I have. <laughs> yeah, there, there are certain ones that it's just like, why? Why do I have another version of you? Like, how many Skeletors do you have? Um, uh, I don't have a lot. Like, I have, I have more than I, I care to already but but yeah no all the skeletons i have are different easily oh oh wow see all the skeletons i have are are vastly different like i have the uh classics um uh whatchamacallit the 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 space he-man what the hell new adventures i have the classics new adventures he-man or skeletor uh and well and he-man um then I have the Reaction Skeletor. I have a Mega Construct Skeletor. I have Origin Skeletor. Um, oh, and the Battle Armor Skeletor. But again, it's the gimmick. It's completely different. Um, the new animated show Skeletor. But again, completely different looking character. Then I have Revelation Skeletor and Skeletor. That's a lot of Skeletor. It is, but it, it, <laughs> none of them are like the same. No, scale. no, that's yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're wildly. Di- it's kind of like see I, what I'm saying is I can't justify the amount of Snake Eyes figures I have because I remember at one point during the modern era Joes getting angry with myself going, why do I have 19 different Snake Eyes? <laughs> like, and it really was like, oh, this one's the same figure, but this one has a visor head. And oh, this one's the same figure, but he's got a snow coat on. <laughs> like, it was just, it was bad. It got really bad after a while. Oh, man, I, I, I got last week, but he has clear orange feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I definitely got to that point with uh, with Star Wars. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, with that. Like, why do I? What, yeah, why do I have, like, 30 different Darth Vader's? Why? Why? <laughs> what is wrong with me? So, yeah. originally I was going to call the episode, this is the third change now, I'm a zombie horse, but how about Night of Too Many Skeletors? <laughs> I mean, uh, accurate. Yeah, I like that. Um... Wait. Go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say, get, getting back to to the the main the main question of like uh, revisiting the the toy properties too much. I I do feel that if you give us a new iteration, like revel like Revelations, for example, we have two two current He Man properties out. Revelations is a more violent take, a more like you know high stakes take on the stuff we knew as kids. And in in a weird way, it makes sense. It's aged up with us. It's not it's not aimed at children. It's aimed at adults. It's aimed at people with nostalgic love of this property. Whereas and the, it confirms that Skeletor loves boobs. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, dude! I laughed so <laughs> damn hard. The fact that Skeletor fucks evil in. <laughs> yes. I laughed so fucking hard. Oh my god. Oh uh, man. And, and we didn't go into this too much, but. Come on, freaking powered up Evelyn was awesome. <laughs> like that was so, yeah, she was. She killed heaven. <laughs> like what? Oh, I I won't lie. The only the only time I was I was against her was when she killed when she killed Panthor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because then I was just like, no, I'm with Skeletor on this one. I, I was so, I was a little little bummed about her killing heaven, but you know. <laughs> you got you guys think when Tila fixes everything does she reinstate heaven uh, i i don't know i mean they didn't specifically show it so uh I, i'm gonna say the verdict's out on that one because it gets very dragon ball z with death but like can, but can she i don't think she can because I, the impression I got was that she gave up some of the power to be able to not be tethered to Grayskull. That she's not the most powerful sorceress, that she was just a different type of sorceress. Which, again, makes sense to the, the you know, the origin material with the whole Green Goddess thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think she can do that because if she was that powerful, she would have been able to take out Eva Lynn, you know, in the blink of an eye, but she couldn't. Yeah, you know, I think it probably overthinking it and they're just going to do whatever they want. I mean, probably. But at the same time, I didn't get that impression. I didn't get the impression that she was like, you know, her power was over 9000. You know, <laughs> I, di- I didn't get that impression at all. But um, 
but yeah, like what I was going to say is, is we have, we, so we have that aimed at us. And then we have this new masters of the universe, this He-Man and masters of the universe that is trying to bring in a new audience. So it's a remake of a property we love, but in a vastly different way that incorporates things that kids seem to be drawn to. Kids are drawn to more anime styled things. I mean, that's just how it is. I, you know, years of Pokemon and Digimon and all that crap, you know, it, it has drawn kids into that. All the mons. Right. The, the, the very video game styled like power up attacks that are, again, these are meant to draw in children. Now, people our age, of course, loved it because, hey, it's He-Man and it's a new type of He-Man that we've never seen. And it's funny and it's just fun. But again, kids can enjoy it. I, I feel that's the way you keep revisiting your properties is completely give us an, a re like completely reimagine it in a way that it gives us a reason to revisit it. And it isn't just saying it's not just member berries. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, I don't know. That's, that's why I'm not sick of this stuff yet. So that's, that's my, my more than two cents. <laughs> All right. All I care about is that like in, in 20 to 30 years, uh, when they're doing a follow-up to the CGI Masters of the Universe series, uh, we get a scene where it's confirmed that this version of Keldor and Evelyn used to bow. Well, and technically it wasn't Keldor because, remember, he found her when he was still Skeletor. See, I, I have questions about that. I want to know if that's just, like, if it's just being portrayed in that way and shown, like, as a memory. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe he wasn't quite Skeletor yet because he was wearing the Horde gear right uh maybe like maybe it's just like one of those glossed over memories to show that she's remembering the moment but mm -hmm. he was actually keldor in that moment now you guys okay. know about the character skeleton don't you oh yeah. yes so they could have the son of evelyn and tila i don't think they're gonna go there though because i think it's a ridiculous character it's just skeletor the mohawk all right guys we love He-Man. We love talking about He-Man. Tune in next week for us talking even more about He-Man. But you should turn in this week to Channel 62 in Niagara County for Don Durango. He tells you about the most dangerous animal of all to stick your finger in its butthole. Sit back, relax. He's going to tell you about his time with the most dangerous predator in the whole world in their tight little booty hole. And he stuck his finger in, <laughs> in and out. Okay. We'll be right back. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this commercial from Don Durango's Assholes of Nature. Nature's Assholes with Dangerous Don Durango. Boy, sometimes my viewers ask me, Don. Who is the most dangerous prey? Well, let me tell you, none more dangerous than man himself. That's right. If you want to go out there and find the most dangerous creature to stick your finger inside that bunghole, it's man. Now, let me tell you, there's no more dangerous man than Don Durango himself. So I'm going to prove it to you right now. Be prepared to view the most dangerous thing ever. As I stick my fingers in my bum. 
Can it get even more dangerous? Yes, yes it can. Behold, so I stick a dolphin up my ass. Now, let's add a wallaby. All the claws. Oh, he's scratching me. Okay, one more. Uh, what's 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 around the petting zoo here? Ah, yes, a pony. Come here. Mitchell, Mitchell, help here. Come here. Push it. Push it in. Oh, oh, oh. I've been doing squats for this. Oh, oh, oh. Alright, guys, we're back. And it's time for us announce for us to announce November's winner of our comic book and artwork giveaway. It's Jimmy. So, I on purpose had you guys ramble about He-Man so I could throw things in the random number generator and find out who this month's winner is. Are you guys ready? For me it's to Jimmy. <laughs> it's not Jimmy. Yeah. I haven't heard from Timmy's handlers. I hope he's okay. But the winner is one Mr. Maurice Killifer. Yay! Our work and comic books, courtesy of the fine folks at Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Now, are you guys ready for this month's giveaway theme? No. Wait, yes. <laughs> because it's December. Because Christmas falls in December. And what do you get on Christmas? Toys. Toys and sexually transmitted diseases. Okay, well, I was going to well, say. Only I if you're lucky. Out there. Okay. No, I'm not giving everybody herpes as a prize. It's Aww. all toys. And awesome toys. So... Every week in December, I will be announcing one kick-butt toy package. And at the end of the month, it's pretty much going to be like you could give these to a kid and you've got their Christmas gift set for the year. So, week number one, I'm going to start off with a bang. You get two Transformers. Oh, okay, I was, I was really confused because you said you weren't giving the sexually transmitted diseases. But then you said you're starting with a bang. So, you know, mixed, mixed <laughs> messages here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wink, wink, Josh. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. What Transformers? <laughs> Make sure you sleep with your pants off tonight, baby. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm giving to you the Walgreens exclusive Blue Streak. And for him to fight the fossilizer arachnite. Oh, Minty package. Never been opened. Two very awesome Transformers. If you want to start a collection, if you want a good guy and a bad guy, whatever you want to do, you can take those bone parts off and put them on Blue Streak. Do whatever you want. This is part one. Each week, there is going to be an awesome, very specific toy package given away. And at the end of December, we will draw a winner. And those on their own are already awesome figures. Yes. So that, yeah. that it is already worth entering, folks. Raconite is super cool. I can't begin to tell you how cool he is. The fossilizers are so cool that there is a leak list of more fossilizers possibly coming out that I didn't want to tickle people's uh, ass <laughs> this week with 
possible Transformers that may not happen. But cross your fingers, you're probably going to be seeing more. Man, I can't wait to get my ass tickled with another fossilizer. <laughs> oh my god. If they make a Loch Ness Monster <laughs> fossilizer, I'm going to butt. So, that right there is $40 in Transformers, guys. You're welcome. That's pretty awesome. Are you guys ready for this? Two weeks ago, who won the Hall of Fame? And nobody's going to be surprised at all. It was the Cobra Bat. Woohoo! It won. It was kind of close. Surprisingly, the Total Chaos Gore got some votes, which it was like a throwaway thing, but people liked it. But it still didn't beat the Cobra Bat. So, Cobra Bat takes its rightful place in the Hall of Fame, and I think it deserves to be there. Do you guys have nominations for this month? Uh, I am quickly double-checking because I forgot who I picked. I don't have my piece of paper on my desk that I normally have my picks on. Uh, Give me a second. I'll go first while you look, Mike. Okay. I want to re-nominate Mutagen Man. Oh, the vintage Ninja Turtles toy line. Yeah, that's that should have been our first winner. But that sneaky Don Durazio <laughs> snuck in the child eating Cabbage Patch doll under everybody's noses and it won. So my nomination, Vintage Mutagen Man. Josh, that's a damn good pick. You have a pick? Yes. Yeah. See, I almost wanna, I almost wanna change my pick just so I can uh, pick someone that'll lose to Mutagen. <laughs> have fun with it, because you know, part of the fun of this is when there's sleepers that win. That's true. That's true. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with uh, Masters of the Universe. Snake face. Oh, that's a fun figure. A pretty sweet figure. He is uh he is my all time favorite snake man, even more so than King Hiss. Uh to the point where I don't I have no idea where it is, but I know I still have my vintage snake face. Like uh, he's he's the one Masters of the Universe figure that even like as I was selling my Masters of the Universe figures, I was like, nope, not snake face. <laughs> See, <clears throat> for me, it's uh, Squeeze. That's my favorite Snake Man. Me too. Yeah, and Squeeze is a good one. Snake Face is my favorite part of the 2000X He-Man cartoon because he turns Merman to stone and kills it. Oh man, that. I forgot about that. Yeah, funny. I was gonna say little, I forgot about that too. Little two-second thing, <laughs> but he pops up, turns Merman to stone, and then Merman falls over and breaks. <laughs> Mike, do you have your pick? I do. Uh, it is not going to win to either of these picks, but what the hell? It's an underdog. Um, I'm going to go with Exo Squad, specifically Phaeton, the the lead bad guy from that first Oof. wave, uh, with the black Exo suit with the claw hands. I freaking love that toy. <laughs> Oof, that was such a good toy. Yeah, I bought that, and I was so upset. I still crammed them in there anyways, but I would stuff G.I. Joe's in there, and those were my uh, power loaders. 
Yeah, I was. I remember being mad too that that the GI Joes didn't fit that great. Aton <laughs> was the first and only one that I bought. Oh, I bought a couple. I bought both of the the bad guys from that first wave. Was I forget what the other guy's name was, but he was in that purple frame yeah. that looked like a, a speedy one. Mm-hmm. And then I got the um the dude with the wings. Uh, what is that? The the main good guy one. Yeah, JT Marsh. What was it? JT Marsh. Yep. Yeah, I think, that's the, I think that I think that's, that's what the hero was named. Yeah, uh, that's the other one I had. <clears throat> but uh, quick, quick side note, because uh, we were talking about uh, the amount of figures we had while we were talking, I counted up my um, modern era snake eyes. I have twenty seven of them. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so, yeah. I. I can tell you right off of the top of my head. Uh, give me, give me a second, and I'll calculate them up. I have at least, I have at least twelve different versions of Shockwave. Did <laughs> you guys count uh, Iron Man, Spider Man, Wolverine, and Marvel Legends, where it's different costumes? Well, that's kind of what I did with Snake Eyes. I counted all of the. Uh, all of the releases that I bought or got because they were in a multi-pack or uh, they were a vehicle driver, etc. Yeah, then I have at least 25 of each Iron Man, Spider-Man, probably Captain America, <laughs> probably Wolverine. I have to go look at the collection. They have their own shelf. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and that's the thing. It's hard. Like, I, with with like the the three that always got me were Snake Eyes, Cobra Commander, and Storm Shadow, because there are so many cool variations of their costumes. But what the modern era did was they were like, "Hey, here's that one version." You like, okay, here's here's the battle mask Cobra Commander, like the the original release Cobra Commander. But we're going to update it four to five times in the modern era where it's like, hey, this one has better sculpting. Now he doesn't have a pea head. You know, this one has a metallic, you know, va- uh, chrome vac metal <laughs> head, you know, and it, they kept changing it. So it's like, oh, I got to get that one, you know, and it's ugh, I hate that. The 20th anniversary line for G.I. Joe was ridiculous with the amount of times that they re-released characters. Yeah, because it was like the retailers were like, "Can we have an exclusive?" And they would just be like, "Well, now he's got red shoes." Yes, and they could find some sort of ridiculous way to justify it every time. And I was guilty of going all in and buying like Target gift packs, Toys R Us three packs. Yup, me was, too. And I do not regret giving them to a kid who would play with them. I have a few that I kept, but I have no regrets because there's just too many. Now, the one credit I will give Hasbro here, and it's a, it's a very small credit, but because they, they overdid it with Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, and Cobra Commander. A lot of those multi-packs, they had troop builder characters. So it was like, hey, here's another Cobra soldier, but this one has like a red mask instead of the, the black mask. You know, here's yeah. here's another Crimson Guard, but this one has like a gold insignia and like a silver mask instead of the black mask, you know, or vice versa, swap those black mask instead of a silver mask. Um, As opposed to now where they're basically like, Oh, you guys want a troop builder? Cool. We're going to put him one for case. Right. 
<laughs> exactly. Look, as mad as I am about that, if they were readily available, I'd have way too many. Oh, yeah. So they can keep it the way it is. But even still, I feel like their alternate for that is basically like, oh, you guys want a troop builder and a multi-pack? Guess what? You're going to be paying per cost per figure. Uh, like retail yeah, price yeah. per figure. You, you know, the, the other thing I really wish had have caught on that they did with the 25th era is they only did this with one figure and I was pissed that it didn't catch on. But they had like they had Flint disguised as a Cobra soldier. And it was literally a Cobra soldier body with different arms. It just had the sleeves rolled up like Flint and it had a Flint head. But you could swap out the head for a Cobra soldier head and it was just like, oh, it's Flint in disguise. But if you wanted just a different looking Cobra soldier, you had that option. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wish they had done that more like, oh, yeah, here's here's Snake Eye or here. Yeah, here's Snake Eyes disguised as a Cobra soldier and put him with like a Crimson Guard helmet. You know, like I know they actually did that one, but still. The bad thing about that Duke body and the Flint body were the rolled up sleeves. You couldn't get their arms to bend at a full 90 degrees with the ball elbows. That's true. Yeah. Well, they fixed it later. And you had to buy the figure over again. Well, yeah, of course. So, <laughs> guys, what kind of plugs do we have this week? Mike, any nope. coming out with Boogeyman's Closet? Uh, well, yeah, uh, actually, as of this recording, I will be putting up the last zombie movie uh, for the month of November, which is Return of the Living Dead. It's one I've been waiting to cover. It's my Ooh. all-time favorite film, and oh, I'm, I was ecstatic to, to finally get to that one. How long did it run? Uh, a little over two hours. Oh, man, I, I thought you'd go on for four hours. You'd have like a Count Creepy Head level episode. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I pretty much kept it to to our, our, our normal, you know, two to under kind of kind of runtime. Um, I mean, it was basically just me gushing about the movie. But uh, the uh, we just I just tallied up the votes last night for this coming month of Christmas horror. And um, to no one's surprise, we're going to have Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. That'll be our, our first one that we're going to kick off with next week. So that's that's coming out. So we'll finally get garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so lots of Christmas horror coming up. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very, very excited because I want to see your take on um, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which <laughs> is a horrible movie. Oh, God, it is. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> the Josh, one I'm, oh, oh, ahead, I was gonna say, the one I'm kind of <clears throat> dreading talking about is uh, I like I love the movie, but a Christmas horror story only because it's sometimes hard to cover anthology movies because there's so many different people, so many different players in it, and you know the stories kind of jump around, and and this one in particular kind of interweaves pieces of it like trick or treat, so. Uh, it it's sometimes just runs long, so I'm I'm a little nervous about that one. Josh, what about Pickman's Vinyls? Anything coming up for the holidays? Nothing. Nothing at all. You guys are going to buy the old stuff, and you're going to like it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, you know, I... I We've been slowing down on releases, so each of uh, each release can really get its properly proper time to saturate. 
Uh, that being said, there there are a few things that are going to be out in time for the holidays. I'm going to finally get the uh, Giger bust up into the shop uh, on its own, so it's not a question of like getting some variant version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, definitely want to finally get the Orson Welles bust up at the same time, uh, just because I have I have the distinct feeling. Uh, well, I am excited about them. Uh, I I appreciate that they might not be the most exciting mini busts to the general public. So I'm going to kind of double fist them. <laughs> um, and other than that, uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time uh, behind the scenes, getting a couple of things ready for uh, new, new items ready uh, in time for the assembly required convention, which happens at the beginning of February in North Carolina, which I will be uh, representing Pikmin's vinyls at. Nice. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the plugs along with, uh, you know, a good, uh, a standard, uh, standard electric plug. Three prongs, baby. You gotta have that ground. Uh, oh. I would like to let fans of the show know all six and seven of you that December is going to be a little weird. We are going to have two specials this month, um, because I want everybody to have the ability to relax for the holidays and not be stressed out and have to worry about recording the podcast. So we will be having a Christmas special, which is top secret, and we will be having a Boogeyman's Closet Count Creepyhead crossover where we are going to review demonic toys. Woohoo! Let me tell you, it's a classic. So... Uh, it's going to be uh, fun for everybody, but we're still going to have the things you know and love, like the giveaways and stuff like that thrown in there. So don't worry for fans of free stuff, um, but don't. yeah, you guys are going to have a good time. I'm rambling, but I wanted to give you guys a heads up. So also, there really isn't much in the way of toy news in the end of December, so it should be uh, easy for us to transition back into things in January. Thank you for yeah, listening. It- yeah, usually it's usually that weird moment where all of a sudden in January it's like, oh, Christmas is over. Now all of the new toy announcements are dropping. Yeah, it'll be like <laughs> the end of December, early January, where they do all the recess and everything goes on clearance. Then we have tons of stuff to talk about. But before that, there won't be anything to talk about. Yep. Um, but thank you for listening to episode 25, The Night of Too Many Skeletors. And... Um, yeah, we're back. We didn't go anywhere. I don't know. Whatever. Does uh, Skeletor have anything to say about buttholes? <laughs> I put cocaine in my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> the way the way you said, I don't know, whatever. It just reminded me of Josh's Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> It is so much shit, you know. I don't know what any of this is. I just say it is all shit. Your butthole. Your butthole. It is also shit. (laughs) Why don't you learn to wipe, you shitty butthole? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. We'll be back next week.
Au revoir. you before. I haven't the time for it. No, Count. Not even you will remember that you spelt Creepyhead with a K to avoid being sued by Play-Doh. Count, Facebook and Instagram likes please you, so grant me my friend request. And if you do not listen, to hell with you!